Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Do you ever look at a picture of yourself and see a stranger in the background? Makes you wonder, how many strangers have pictures of you? How many moments of other people's lives have we been in? Were we a part of someone else's life when their dreams came true? Or were we there when their dreams died? Did we keep trying to get in as if we were somehow destined to be there? Or did the shot take us by surprise? Just think, you could be a big part of someone else's life and not know it. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxas. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, it's Tyroxin. Of course you know it's Tyroxin. But um I just wanted to drop by and say a big thank you. Numbers have been great. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for downloading. I cannot tell you how grateful I am and how motivated you all keep me. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. I'm humbled to have you guys and ladies as as my listeners and, and people that um that are part of my journey every week. So, before today's episode, I wanted to talk about the Cross-Cultural Solutions Program. You remember Farana uh, Raymond Furs. She was one of our, our guests in a couple of episodes ago. And I looked into the program that she was doing, and I, I absolutely love what they do. You know, it's in line with everything that, I've, that, you know, that I do in terms of communicating across cultures and building the next set of global leaders. So, I just wanted to talk about them a little bit and have you guys check them out. Because I think they're so great. So what is a cross-cultural solutions program like or CCS program? A CCS program is a more immersive way to see the world. Anyone can pick up a guidebook and go down a page checking off a list of tourist sites. With CCS, you learn firsthand about health and education systems, cultural customs, and have some pretty unique opportunities like being invited to a traditional Tanzanian wedding in a local village or learning how to pour a proper cup of Moroccan tea while learning about Islam and women in modern-day Morocco. That's, that's, that sounds great to me. So on a CCS program, the things you learn about 
our society of people and how that will be a game changer, not only in your experience, but in the world. So you should definitely check them out. They are at crossculturalsolutions.org. I'll put that in the show notes, but please check them out. I'm going to be shouting them out throughout probably the rest of the year um, and on onwards just because I think they have so many programs that a lot of you listeners would love. And a lot of you ask me about questions. How can I start to flex my culture awareness muscles? Um, this is one of the ways. And I, I think you should definitely look into them. With that being said, check out today's episode with my boy, Gerard DeBoos. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. Today's episode is with Gerald DeBose. Now, Gerald is also known as the shy guy with a big mouth. He's built and advised several multi-million dollar businesses over the last two decades. He's the author of the book, The Formula for Success, Four Steps to Achieve Anything You Want in Life. And he's also authored two other books. In addition to being an impassioned keynote speaker and activist, he's a father, business cultivator, sales trainer, poet and truth seeker welcome to the show joe well thank you brother tayo glad to be here <laughs> uh, glad to have you we've been trying to do this for how long now it's all it's only been about what six months <laughs> Jeez, man yeah and this has all mainly been my fault but um yes six months i'm glad we're finally we're finally doing this but you know in your bio how does a i like the shy guy with a big mouth intro but i can't picture you being shy at all <laughs> <laughs> I've never known you as a shy guy. So how did it get? How did it all start for you? What was take take me back? Take us back to the beginning. Well, well, the shy guy with a big mouth thing. You, you know, it's it, it's just me. I'm I'm rather laid back. You know, as a child, I was a very shy kid and didn't talk that much to people. I was kind of always to myself. I was a bit of a loner. Yeah, I grew up in Northeast DC. Went to public schools. Never actually went to college. I actually went straight to work straight out of high school and actually had somebody create a position for me. You know, I, I, I had some scholarships that I didn't take advantage of just because I was in love and my two oldest brothers actually passed away my senior year in high school. Sorry to hear so that. that. Yeah, that, that prohibited me from wanting to go because I was the youngest. I'm the youngest of nine and my mom ended up having a bunch of strokes. So that stopped me from going away to school and kept me home. And I, I kind of started working right, right out of high school and started with a management position a guy called created something called an accounts manager so um my, my job at that time was to set up conferences and do hotel accounts so that we would be able to like travel the country and do what we were doing with this computer services company and that's my first foray into actual business and i was excited because i, I just saw a possibility i'm a 17 year old kid here talking about <laughs> talking to food and beverage managers from like the Hyatt and the Hilton and things of that nature. So <laughs> it, it it exposed me to a very broad world and just how perception actually works in business. Because I, I'm, I'm, they're looking at me. I looked a little older because I was I was not a little guy. <laughs> right. I can imagine. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're you're a big intimidating guy. So. <laughs> Why I have to be intimidating? <laughs> no, well, oh come on, that, that, you you got that superhero look, yeah, you know, the, the superhero hey. look. Yeah, they call you Black Knight, right? There's a Dark Knight, like uh, yeah, the Black Knight, Black Knight. Yeah. That that was that's my poetic stage name, actually, yeah. Black Knight. That yeah. that was my um, stage name for poetry when I was performing poetry all over the country. So, mm. yeah, that, that that is my nickname, though. Yeah, no, no, it's it's crazy because you said so. You, you were in college, 
Uh, you didn't go to college. You're 17. Nope. Created a position for you. You started, you know, doing all these things, and then you said you looked, uh, you know, they, you didn't look the way people expected you to look. Exactly. They, they didn't think I was 17. That was the point. <laughs> you know, they, they were treating me like a grown man and courting me to do all this stuff. And then I went from there and transitioned into actually working with um, a company that was doing home remodeling. So they, they kind of put me in marketing and sales. And that's how I began to really cut my teeth with the marketing and sales portion and understanding how business really worked from the inside out. And then at the age of 26, I started my first company. Hmm. Okay. So 26, started your first company. What was the company? Uh, the company was a home remodeling company. We, we, we were doing windows, siding, doors, roofing, and actually a lot of insurance work. You know, we were doing hail damage. So that, that's where it all started at. And, and we, did, we did a lot of stuff through the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area. And from there, um, you know, it kind of took a turn and took me to, of all things, back to computers. And we started doing some um, government contracting stuff and selling computers. <clears throat> I'm sorry, hardware and software to the federal government. Wow, wow, wow. And that, and. You know, it's funny you're saying all this. You take me back because I didn't know about all this. You know, when I've known you, you've been all about the, you know, arts and culture there, but you also about the economic empowerment and education. So, you know, how do how do you go from, you know, building all these businesses and cutting your teeth with sales and marketing, to realizing the importance of economic empowerment, education, um, you know, human rights and things like that. Well, well, because of. Somewhat, what what some would view as some success, and having been across so many different genres, I wanted to be able to reach back out, you know, to the community. And it really struck me when re really funny conversation, re really weird. You know, I was in the Poconos when Steve Jobs, um, the Apple creator, died, mm. and it kind of it hit me hard. I felt like I lost a friend or something, you know, because <laughs> wow, wow, he, yeah, he, he affected so many parts of our life and. You know, you always hear that statement that not one person can change the world. And then I realized that this man literally did change the world. He, he, he changed the way that we receive our media, the way that we listen to our music. He, he changed the way that we even view movies. A lot of people don't realize that he is one of the creators of Pixar and all that stuff. So there would be no Shrek and stuff like, like that without Steve Jobs. Right. So it, it was just... Amazing. It made me want to do something because I, I was like, OK, I've had some success. I've done a few things. What can I do to give back to people? What do I know? I said, well, I know business. I understand how to make a little bit of money. So let me help people from where I'm from that didn't grow up with that silver spoon in their mouth, that had the rusty spoon and was just happy some food was on it. Let's help them learn a little bit more about how to utilize finances better you know, that there are options, even if you aren't wealthy, of investment and investment vehicles and tools and being able to utilize those things so that you don't have to pass on generational, the generational curse of poverty. You can actually empower the next generation so that we can begin to bridge the wealth gap. And so that's when I started New Wealth Order. That's what brought me to New Wealth Order and wanting to be able to help people live a better life. You know, I wanted to make it affordable and make it accessible to have tangible solutions to the problems in our community, especially for lower income families. 
See, I mean, so that's an interesting point right now, especially given the times that we, we live in today where, you know, you're, you're close to Baltimore. There are places, you know, in, in, a, in Illinois or Chicago area um, and other areas, Detroit, uh, you know, who will say, you know, you come across people who will say, well, I, I don't have any role model. You know, I don't know where the path for me is beyond just, you know, the, the typical means in, in arts or sports. How can I truly believe that there's a you know, possibility for me? You know, there's no silver spoon, as you say. I only have that rusty spoon. Where can they start? Well, that, that, that is one, one of the major reasons why, why I did come back, because that way it would be people that could see, hey, this dude, he doesn't have a college degree. He's got seven companies, and he's doing pretty daggone well for himself. Seven companies? Yeah, seven companies in the portfolio. God. So, but um, you know that that if I can do that with no college degree, you know, no affluent individuals that were my direct family descendants and things of that nature, it's it's about really what is it that you want to do. The first thing people would, should have to do is one, if you want a different life, think about what it is you want. What are you really after? What makes you happy? You know, and, and I'm not here to sing the kumbaya and tell you that all you got to do is positive think. No, it's going to be a lot of work, but you're going to have to, a lot of work to do anyway. So at least if you're going to do a lot of work, make it beneficial to you. Do something you love. If you can make thirty, forty thousand dollars a year and let somebody tell you that's what you're worth and it's doing something that you hate. Imagine what you can do if you're doing something that you love. So first thing is. Find what it is you love, find what gifts you have, and couple those two things together, and your life will begin to change. Secondarily, as far as the economic thing, is, as I like to say, we like to do an EKG. What are you earning? How much are you keeping? How are you growing it? Most people are horrible with budgeting and finances. Most people have no clue of how to manage the money that they have, yet they want more. So set up a basic budget, a basic way that you're going to put away some money and be able to manage the money and facilitate the money you have better. And then talk to somebody that can actually tell you some modest or cheap or affordable ways that you can be able to grow your money. One great thing is to be able to I always tell people, get yourself insured. Insurance is, is a huge thing. Protection. Protect yourself first. That's one way to help the next generation that we underutilize so heavily in the lower income communities. Protection. Protect yourself. Most people want to get a $100,000 policy. Here's the truth. You get a $100,000 policy, by the time they have to pay the taxes and actually bury you, there's less than about about $30,000 left. That's not going to take care of a generation. That's not going to take care of your kids. That's not going to take care of a household if, if you had a house to take care of. So people need to understand the value of positioning yourself for the future. Make sure that you are insured right. So that's one of the first things I will tell people to do. Wow. So, yeah, get in touch with what you do, what you love um, yep. and insure yourself, which is which is interesting. I, I, I didn't even know that. You know, I hear that a lot about insurance, but. You know the way you described it. It's you know it's it's almost like a no-brainer, but it's not taught in schools. I don't know that financial literacy is taught in schools, which has been one of my gripes with the education system. Period. Where I don't think you're teaching a lot of students practical skills that they can actually apply for themselves. 
Absolutely, man. It's, it's no course called Money 101, and that's the most important thing we have to do as adults, right? Mm. We have to earn money and be able to manage the money. Yeah. You know, again, poverty, poverty is not a socioeconomic status. And a lot of people fail to realize that. It's not about how much money you can make, because any of us that are fortunate enough to live past the age of 55 would have had the opportunity to have over a million dollars pass through our hands. Really? If you earn the average salary for, for most people is about $30,000 a year now, 30, 30, 30 to $40,000 a year. If you work that for 30 years, that's $900,000 that's passed through your hands. You do realize that you've earned $900,000 over your lifetime. Wow. 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 So, so it, it, it's not about the earnings. Now, true, $30,000 a year trans, transitioning that because you got living expenses and all of that. But the fact is, people are like, if I had access to a million dollars, technically, if you work for over 30 years, you would have had access to over a million dollars. Wow. That's uh, it's, it's such an interesting way of looking at it. So, wow. So, the, the financial literacy, definitely, Dan. That, that's a key Absolutely. thing. And one way you said is insurance. Is there another way that people can educate themselves or their tools um, that, you know, that they can start working on right now? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Like I said, you, you know, there is a money management app mm-hmm. that is free called Mint that they could go to utilize to understand their budget. It'll keep track of everything from when you're paying for gas to what you pay for groceries. It, it, it will break down what you have spent if you put if you attach it to where your bank account is, it will track all your spending for you. So that way you can have a look at what you are doing to yourself. The first thing is diagnosis. You have to be aware. The first step to change is awareness. If you aren't aware of what you're doing, because we live in that debit credit card culture right now where nobody carries cash and they're just swiping cards, most people don't even pay attention to what the heck is happening. You know, it's just they swipe the card. They swipe the card. They swipe the card. And then they're like, what? Where, where'd my money go? Right. So. If, if you become more aware and are cognitively paying attention to exactly what the heck is happening with your finances, it, it, it kind of allows you to make some different decisions. Do you do you always advise your your clients and people to look into stocks as well or or? Oh, oh yes, absolutely. You have to after protection. Now, see, see, that's the growth phase. That's why it's three parts: earning, keeping, growing. That's why I call it an EKG. So if you are talking growth, obviously people look at real estate and secondarily investment investment vehicles. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the stock thing is confusing with all the jargon. The simplest thing I would tell people with that and, and have um, kind of guided people with is look at something versus putting things in your 401k. As, as I say, 401k is killing you. 401 ways to die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you such a poet! All right, four hundred one. And I only say that because not that not that putting your money in that vehicle is bad, because most people don't know, so it's a no brainer for them just to stick it somewhere because somebody told them this is fine. And it's the fact that it's mutual funds. Now the problem with a mutual fund is is that if you want your money out of a mutual fund, one you pay a penalty, and two it takes at least a week to two weeks to get your money. Mm. Now, there's something in the market called ETFs, 
which is an electronically traded fund, which is basically the same thing that a mutual fund does, which is a compilation of stocks under a certain name. But an ETF versus where mutual fund, you have to get penalized an ETF because it trades like a stock. You never get penalized if you want to sell a portion of that and take your money out. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so then, yeah, but you know, the thing with stocks though, some people get nervous about losing too much money. They say Look, it's, it's uh well, it, it, I can make the risk is, is high. Uh, you know, it's high risk, high reward type situation. Right. Well, well, I, I, I would say to them, well, walking outside is high risk too. That doesn't keep you in the house. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, that, okay, yeah, yeah, I can't argue with that. There's, there's no argument with that. Exactly. The thing is, is that if you don't put your money somewhere and gain control over your finances, then when you are stuck in the same situation, it's no one's fault but your own. There are safer vehicles, even in the stock market. There are some funds that you can put money in that the money will never go down. You. They bottom it. The baseline is wherever the market is today. Right. And you can only go up. So if the stock market goes down. You stay at the level that you're at. You never go below the level that you're at. So say, for example, if you were to put money in this fund that I'm talking about, you will never go below 108. You can only go up. If it goes up to 112, you get that. You get that profit. So you'll get those four dollars. Now, 112 becomes the new bottom. Hmm. So. Even if the stock market goes back to 108, you stay at 112. If the stock market goes up to 114, you go to 114. And that's the new floor. How can people find that out, though? Like, where can they find yeah. that fund? I, I mean, that, they, they need to talk to a, a, one, a professional or someone that they trust. Or, heck, they can give us a call and we can talk to them about it. And that that that's the type of information that, that we are trying to provide for people because pensions don't exist anymore. Mm. You know, most of the things that people do now are done after you retire. What, what, what you look at is you look at what you have in your 401k. I, I, I don't know how many more years are left in the Social Security fund. So th- th- those things are the things that people are take are, are being taken care of in their latter years, which is why you see all these older people in Walmart. So. Um, talk to a professional. Go go to an advisor. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. They're um, a professional um, investment advisor and, and just talk to them about options for yourself. Or if they want to, they can call New World Order and we can give them some guidance on talking to people that can put them in position to live a better life. <laughs> and where can they find uh, New World War, um, Order? Well, they can find us at www.thenewwealthorder.com, T-H-E, newwealthorder.com, and they can reach out and hit our contact us button and we will get back to you. Perfect, perfect, perfect. The The other thing that um, as we transition here that I want to talk to you about, there are several, you know, you're multifaceted. So you, you're an artist, you're a poet. I'm also just very curious about um, your activism because there are interesting times that we live in today. And I'm curious as to what your opinion is. You know, we have an interesting election cycle right now. We also oh, have. Gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have interesting, interesting uh, occasions. So, what is your opinion on the whole civil rights movement and the human rights movement so far? Well, well, I, I'm, I, I'm very. It's this is such a tough time for a guy like me, just because I, I do care so much about the community and I do believe in some of what these movements are doing. But I, I believe that their approach is the problem, which is why they aren't getting the results that they would like. You know, should should we be upset by some of these things? I, I mean, you know, well, I'm going to just talk candidly. You know, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. Is is important because black lives do matter. I'm I'm a black man. Heck, I know what it's like to be harassed by the police. And as you said, I'm not the smallest guy, mm -hmm. so I'm never pulled over and it's less than four or five cars. Five officers, four or five cars. That's insane. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, how, however, when when you shift the conversation and say black lives matter, but in our own communities are aunts and uncles and grandmothers are more afraid to walk to the store in our own neighborhoods. But we're, we're saying, oh, the cops shouldn't shoot us, but it's okay for us to shoot us. And it's not saying that it's okay, but silence gives permission. Mm. The fact that a lot of us know what's happening in our own neighborhoods and there are so-called friends and people we grew up around and we don't make those lives matter. They aren't going to listen to noise if you aren't policing yourself. If you are not doing what you're crying about, why would they listen? That's like, you, you know, it, it's 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 counterintuitive. And then they're crying or, or, or um, when they protest, they protest to the wrong things. Uh, if you want to change in your community, here, here's the first thing. You need to go to your city council or your representative in Congress. Those are the people you protest to, but you have to protest to the right people. Because there are different districts in the city that even the Senate and the Congress people are allotted to. So if you lobby to your 
city councilman and your mayor is different. That's how you get impact change in your community. If you want to impact change on the state level, then it is about your senators and, and your congressmen. But you have to lobby the right ones for your district, because if they aren't in your district, it doesn't matter then either. So it, it has to be a different approach in approaching the right people with the right things that they can actually affect. And then we can create the change that we really want. She's saying people need to start locally. Absolutely. Because start, yeah, because because you, you going straight to the president, that that's. Do you understand how long it takes a law to become a law <laughs> on a national level? <laughs> it's not easy. But when you're doing city stuff, city stuff can happen in not instantaneously, but a lot faster. Why? Because one, these people run for election a lot more. Two, they have to be tangible to the community because if they aren't doing their job in the community, they can lose their seat very easily. Three, if the mayor's getting pressure, he help you pressure your senator or your, or your congressman to affect change in the state. So start at the local level. Know who you need to talk to and go with solutions. Hell, everybody knows the problem. Everybody knows people are dying out here. It, 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 it's, it's no, it can't be hidden. People have been dying for years. But if you are complaining and coming with no solution and you talk to the wrong people and you get no answer to your problem, how do you think it's going to change? You're doing the same thing still. You're lobbying or you want to or you want to go straight to the top and it can't work that way. There is a system for a reason. First, have a solution for what you want, not just, oh, they stop shooting. Or, oh, black lives matter. They do. All lives matter and all black lives matter. And we need to let them know that, that we are going to fight for our own communities, that we are going to fight for our own neighborhoods. And if, if we don't do that, this will continue and be a perpetuated cycle for the next 20, 30 years. OK, uh, but this is my uh, um, one counter. I, I do agree with the, the local start local. But I think when you when people start saying that narrative, all lives matter, it does end up being a little it, it, it takes away it's a distraction in my opinion at least i, I this is just my opinion i mean yeah, you, yeah. Oh, oh no but believe me bro please talk yeah, I, yeah. I, I like it i think it it just ends up being a distraction because it's it's it, i always liken to this analogy you know if you break your thumb and you start paying more attention to that does that mean that the other fingers don't matter i mean it's it, it's not saying that every life is not important it's more Saying, look, this is what the stats are. We need to do better. There needs to be more accountability. There needs to be more of that. You know, and that's an isolated. I mean, it's all part of the systemic problem. But I feel like dealing with that solution should be something that's basic. You know, I shouldn't be afraid to walk out of my apartment or have to act extra careful just because I'm around a neighborhood because something like that. I think that should be a, a problem that can be solved. And I think no. you could. I think, and I think you could also work on doing the local things and coming to, to present solutions. So coming to that, but you know, when people say, when I hear a lot of the all lives matter, sometimes it, it comes from a place where like, are you saying our lives don't matter to, or like, Whoa, well, 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 here we are. So, I mean, it's such a tricky terrain to navigate. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I you know, there obviously every single life matters, but I, I think people shouldn't be afraid of saying black lives matter just because no. it's actually no, true. No. Yeah, and, and, and again, that's I, I completely agree with you. There, there's no pushback there. 
my my comment, I, I just I, I'll just repreface it. It wasn't that just that all lives matter. I said if we want to say black lives matter, all black lives meet, need to matter. Then yeah. What about what about the five people that are killed in Chicago over a weekend that nobody reports that everybody they, they were shot in broad daylight and there's 35 people outside. What about those lives mattering? Not just when a, a cop does something to one of us. If you want to say it, that's what I meant by if we aren't policing ourselves, if we aren't being part of that solution, why would they pay attention? So, okay, here, here, here's here's an, an analogy, I would say. So, you play chess? You know, um, I, I'm, I'm no Bobby Fischer. <laughs> oh, all right, well, well, well let, let's, let's just talk about checkers. Okay. On the checkerboard, you have 12 pieces, right? Mm-hmm. So, if I take one of your pieces, right, mm-hmm. and you say, oh, that piece matters, you need to pay attention to this piece because you just took my piece. But then in turn, internally, you take out five of your own, just take them off the board. But you're talking to me about that one piece. Then are you placing priority where it needs to be? You're talking about the one I took, but you took five of your own. I hear you. I know. I, I, no, no, you're, no, you're right. But you know, my thing is, I guess, and okay, but but I'll just say this, and then please respond. My my thing is okay. So if the only time we see a Black Lives Matter banner is when something outside of our own neighborhood happens, then Black Lives then we're not showing that Black Lives Matter. We lose five and six a weekend, five and six a day sometimes, and there's no Black Lives Matter rallies. There's no Black Lives Matter protests. When it's happening in our own neighborhoods with people that we know. So how do we get to the point where we have solutions then? That's why I said. Take the community. First, start at a community level. Make every every time something happens, if, if black lives matter, it should be something going on. You know, Jojo and Rob and Rob and all these guys and whoever's in your community, you know these guys. Talk to them. Do something. Our, our, our own, we have to take care of home first. And if we don't care at that community level, they aren't going to care on the national level is the point. So if we aren't trying to be part of that solution consistently, other than when, they, uh, other than when the powers to be execute or do something outside of our control, then they aren't going to care about the noise because they're like, shoot, why, why would we care? You killing yourselves at a five to one rate to what we're doing, but you're not complaining about that. So you aren't showing those lives matter. You know, how I, many unsolved murders are there are, are there that go in each city? No, you I think we we there between us. We have more agreements and disagreements. Yeah, exactly. I don't think we're disagreeing at all. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, we just have different perspectives. Different, exactly, different perspectives. The only thing that I, I have noticed is it's when, like, these cops and, and things happen, um, you start to hear people say, well, what of black and black crime? Like, it's almost like their typical response. Well, what of Chicago? Why are you talking about cops getting killed? And I don't want it to get to a point where you can't attack the problems simultaneously. You know, I think it's okay to call out an injustice without 
the response being, well, black and white crime is such and such and such. You know, I, I, you know, I think that's almost too easy of a response for someone to say, and it, it takes away from the accountability that should happen. You know, it shouldn't be uh, a paid leave situation. It should be a, you, we should be able to talk about the black and black crime situation, which is a big, big, big issue. While we should also be able to talk about the lack of accountability in some of these shootings. And I, I don't oh, think, yeah, yeah, I, I, that's that's my only thing. I I, I wouldn't want. Because sometimes I've noticed the response as well. If you look in your society, the, yeah, which is true, yes, but that's not what it's actually happening. I mean, no one should be shot like that, you know. Right. <laughs> the way Alton Sterling was, and, 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 especially not by somebody that's supposed to be upholding the law. That's yeah. But, that's my gripe. Yeah, yeah. Right, and, and and that's a huge gripe. I, I mean, heck, I, like I like like I talked about, I'm never pulled over by less than four or five, and and they are very nervous every time they've ever seen me. Mm. So I, I get that. I'm not. I'm not saying that. But, however, if you aren't paying attention, they won't care if you don't care. Is what I'm saying, and that's why the movement isn't making the effect they would like. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I'm with you on the community involvement. I mean, we're you know we're both activists, and, and it's interesting. We both do it in a different way because I, I um. You know, a lot of the community stuff that I do is with, within the schools and using media and stuff like that. And you, you're right there in the community. And you know, you, you know, just like you said, you know, calling the people out. A lot of people know who's who's doing what. You know, having them say, "Hey, come on, you can't do this. You can't do that." It's uh, you know, th- there are many ways to attack it. And the thing that I I would like to see is more unity in the approach of attacking these problems. I don't know that there's absolutely the, yeah, I'm I don't know that, yeah, and that. I don't know that there's that. And even the fact that we've had this type of conversation where we we agree more than we disagree, but we have different perspectives, that should be brought you know, together in a, in a forum. And then there should be like a strategy where we can say, okay, you do that, you do that, you're better online, you're better this, you're better that. Let's let's check each check on each other every few months so that we are systematically fixing this. Let's get the allies involved. Let's, you know, let's let's figure out how those allies can play a role and do that type of thing. And that, that's that's my ultimate goal. I mean, that's part of the goal of this podcast, where you're calling out things, but you're also facing the problems head on and being, you know, truthful. And 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 you you just hit the nail on the head there, and, and that's exactly where I was going with it. That's why we've always gotten along because. <laughs> We, we we don't have to have the exact same opinion of something because the variance of opinion means that we can affect more people. Yeah. Because if you go and help and address the, the problems that, that you want to attack and I go and help and address the problems that I see and then we come together and, and we bring both of those groups together. Now, guess what? We have two motivated and stimulated basis to work from versus, you know, I have to be right or you have to be right. Look, in, in, in each of our world, whatever view we have is right for us. So those people that follow you are the people that need your voice. And those people that follow me are the people that need my voice. But we bring those people together. Now we have a movement, a real movement yeah. that we can come together, like you said, and strategize and have more bodies and more and, and more actual power and more momentum to be able to solve these issues whereas a lot of people come at it from a divisive standpoint of if you don't stand all the way over here with me i can't stand all the way over here with you no 
like you said, if we can find a common ground and if the common ground is the community, if the common ground is the protection of our people, if the common ground is us being more economically empowered, if the common ground is us being more literate financially, being more literate socially, then whatever one of those things we can agree on, let's get together and talk about how we create a movement that affects those lives, that changes the community, that changes the way the world not only perceives us, but receives us. Right, right. I mean, at the crux of what we're trying to do, we're fighting for equality and and opportunity, you know, equal opportunity. Equal opportunity. So, I, you know, yeah, this is good, man. You know, I, I always enjoy a back and forth with, with, with a guest. Yeah, I think that's the best type of uh, conversation. And, um, yeah, man, I, I, see, I see how the, the Black Knight and uh, the African Superman went toe-to-toe on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it was all in love, and, and, and it, it's been great, brother, man. It, it's been phenomenal just having this conversation. No, no, so, I love. Uh, it. I, can't, I actually can't wait to get this out because I, I, this is one of the you know, questions I get asked a lot, and and a lot of people do come back. With, well, why? How can we fix this in the community? And you know, what are the ways? And you know, I, I, I hear the protests and I see that, but I want to do more. What's the more I can do? So, um, you know, I, I think you answered a lot of those questions. Absolutely, we we did, and I, I think we came up with some some approaches that some people may may even be able to take with them. I hope so. Mm-hmm. I hope so. But before we wrap up, I want to give you the chance to talk about your book. You got a book coming out. What's the book? Coming oh out? yeah, yes, yes. The book is the formula for success: um, simple steps to achieve anything you want in life. And basically, it's just talking about how it's it's a little formula I came up with of what successful people do. And if you apply these things to anything you want to be successful at, that they will nine times out of 10 work for you. So it it, it was a book that just w- was born of a conversation almost like this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's where the best I, you get, iron sharpens iron, man. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and we were just talking. And then I said just impromptu what this formula was. And they were like, well, the guy, the guy said, well, you know, me being um, he, he was a mathematician. And he was like a mathematician and a scientist. He said, well, I would use an exponent, but that formula is pretty dead on. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, "Okay, well, I guess I need to write about it. He said, well, I I think if anybody could write about it, you could. And hence, when I started working on the book, and and it's just another way to reach more people. You you know, the the thing is that so so many of us and not so many of us, but all of us are born with something unique, You, you know, and you talk about that a lot. Yeah. You know, uh, as as I know the African Superman, well, you know, use your difference to make a difference. That's correct. Sir. And <laughs> a, 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 a lot of people don't do that in a tangible enough way for their difference to last past themselves, past their existence here on this planet, I mean to say. So I decided that I'd never written a book on business. So I'm going to write a book on business. And this is my, my foray into that giving people an opportunity to really look at what's happening with them. What, what, what does success look like for them? What does it mean for you? You know, what are you chasing and what's chasing you? And let's look at those things. And then, and, and then let's start finding a systematic way to approach the things that we want to do in our life that will make that difference in other people's lives. And that's why I wrote the book. Well, what can they find in the book? The book will be out at the end of the month, so I, I will make sure I send you a link 
that these people can find it on, but they can definitely check it out on newwealthorder.com. It will definitely be listed there as well. Yeah, yeah. By the time the podcast comes out, the book will be out. But newwealthorder.com, that would definitely be on the show notes, and um, um, I'll put the link to the book as well by then because well, I'm sure it'll be out by then. But okay, you, you brought it up. You know, you know my mission statement: use your difference to make a difference. I can't let you go without actually asking you, sir, how you use your difference to make a difference. Well, I use my difference to make a difference every day. I. I try to live a life that is fulfilling and helps others live the best version of themselves that they want to be. Whether that's through business, whether that's through finance, whether that's through conversation. I use my own unique viewpoints, my own unique talents and gifts to enhance the life of others through coaching, through training, through speaking. That's how I use my difference to make a difference yeah no i'm not I, I think you're you do that incredibly well and you do that through through educating children through social action through economic empowerment through education environment you know poverty alleviation and um i think you do an incredible job sir so <laughs> thank you thank you though thank you so much for coming on the show and for those listening to the, to the episode if you want to learn more about this uh, this uh, amazing guy known as the Black Knight, uh, you should definitely, <laughs> definitely check out the new uh, wealth order dot um, newwealthorder.com, right? Yeah, the newwealthorder.com. The newwealthorder.com. And um, yeah, thank you so much, sir. Well, thank you, Mr. Tayo. Um, it, it's always great getting to talk to the African Superman. And when I'm up in New York, brother, you know we got to get together, Mr. Tom Ford. That, that's going to be my new nickname for you. They may call you. African Superman. <laughs> to me, Tyo's Mr. Tom Ford right Mr. now. Mr. Tom Ford. Okay. All right. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, and um, uh, we'll see you soon then. All right, brother. Thanks so much. No problem. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.